Microsoft's unforced errors impact Windows and Xbox. Happy Friday, friends. It's Friday. Although I thought yesterday was Friday for a solid four hours, but today is the real Friday. Not, not an OG Friday because it's been many Fridays, but it is a Friday. We are, I guess, technically now in the middle of March. It is the 10th. Like you slice it up into thirds. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hopefully you had a good week. I had a pretty good week. It was a super interesting week in the world of Microsoft because the things that they announced, we got Starfield dates, we got Windows 12, we've got Microsoft Loops. And so let's just dive in. So starting off on a little bit of a sour note, Microsoft did more layoffs this week and they announced that 689 people from the Seattle area have been laid off. And there were also other layoffs elsewhere around the globe as Microsoft continues to lay off. I believe their number was 10,000, somewhere around that number that they were targeting for their layoffs. Now, potentially, the most exciting news for me, I don't know, I mean, if you listen to this, you'll know how excited I am about this. Microsoft Loops, the Loop app, is coming into public preview later in March. I don't know the exact date yet. This is super awesome. Uh, finally, it's like, finally, we've been waiting for this forever. Now, more interestingly is I did get a DM from somebody who works on Loops and said that they had an extra invite and they sent it to me. And so I was, I'm supposed to get access a little bit early. They said, I'm not even joking, sometime between two and seven days. I I would have access and as of right now i still don't have access to the app but we're fingers crossed that it will be here in the very near future and it looks like we'll be able to get a loop on soon i'll have to be i'll be very curious to see how it compares to notion which is what i use very heavily uh, for note taking these days and so Finally, the wait is almost over. Almost over. Almost over. Uh, also announced this week, Edge will begin upscaling video using AI, and they'll be using AI on everything. There's actually a new AI event coming from Microsoft uh, sometime in later, a little bit later in March, where they're talking about bringing it into Word and everything else. And uh, yeah, so AI, AI for all is uh, probably everything else. And Microsoft also announced that Outlook for Mac is going to be completely free to use. Previously, you needed to have an Office 365 subscription, but now they're just giving away their email client. Uh, on on the Mac side, not on the Windows side, hilariously. But if you're a Mac user, you can now use that. Um, speaking of AI, I should note that Microsoft announced that Bing, for the first time ever, has 100 million daily users. That is the first time ever in its 13 years of existence. No thanks to the obvious AI integration and chat features. I will tell you, it does work pretty darn well. Uh, depending on what you need and depending on how you ask the question, it can be incredibly useful. One of the more uh, gray areas of usefulness right now currently is if you hit a link and it has a page paywall you can drop the link in there and say summarize this and it will summarize the link behind a paywall it's a it's a very dicey area because if it's a paywall then you should be paying for the content but bing bing don't care bing don't care about your paywalls and uh yeah i'll be curious to see if they ever if they ever do uh sort anything with that but still 100 million users clearly microsoft is winning the ai narrative and they are going that's why they're going all in this is their once in a generational shot to try to maybe dethrone or at least level the playing field with google good bad or indifferent microsoft is forging ahead and they show no signs of slowing down or ever honestly rolling anything back at this point they want to be known as ai and um yeah i think they're they're doing a good job the really super interesting thing is you got to continue to remember that their ai isn't their own it's chat gpt's it's open ai's initiative and so at some point there's got to be an awkward inflection point where microsoft's got to be uh, i don't know they can't buy open ai that that's like against the open ai rules or whatever or their charter and so I wonder if Microsoft ever builds their own native AI. I don't know. We will see. We will see. But either way, Bing is showing uh, some serious growth. And so 
It's only a matter of time before Microsoft continues to capitalize upon it and try to make some money with it. And they've actually announced that they, in Azure, OpenAI services are now, I believe, generally available in public preview, I believe is where they are at. So there's that. Uh, a new paste option is coming to Word. Control-Shift-V will now paste as plain text. Yay. Uh, you've always had this sort of weird, I shouldn't say weird, but you can right click in Word and I think other Office productivity apps too, and you can define how things get pasted by default and, and paste as plain text was one of those, but now there's a keyboard sh shortcut, which is a good thing. Well, from the files you can't just make up while I was talking uh, negatively about Windows, it just decided to crash XSplit and uh, restart the computer. And so here we are back again, and let's try that little segment again. So this week, Microsoft announced it was super, kind of super interesting, but man, they really do just kind of drag insiders around and do with them as they please. Please don't restart XSplit and Windows this time. They announced the canary ring for the Windows Insider program, which are, are builds that are closer to the sun. They're going to be real hot and spicy. Microsoft may not even announce these things or give a changelog. They did commit to just giving us a tweet that says, hey, there's a new build. But like Twitter is terrible for tracking anything other than what happened in the last 30 seconds. And so Microsoft's going to start shoving these canary builds out. And by all means, they are Windows 12. Microsoft doesn't want to acknowledge this. Microsoft doesn't want to say this. But they're making, and they noted, that there will be changes to the kernel. And when Microsoft makes kernel changes, that is almost always an indicator that this is Windows V next. And so they're going to begin making those under the hood changes. The UI probably won't change too much right up until they announce Windows 12. That would be our guess. And then, then it all kind of lights up. But while they make those kernel changes, those API changes, they can do that all with the existing interface and try to get some data and feedback. But what they're doing, the way they're doing this is quite terrible. So if you were in the dev channel, you are now automatically shoved into the Canary channel and you can't get out. Like you can't, if you were a dev user, uh, well, as if you're a dev user right now, you're already a Canary user. Good luck. Thanks. Have fun. I hope you have a backup because the way that Microsoft is doing the build numbers is that the build numbers are too high. And so you can't roll back to the existing dev channel, which means you're locked into this build. And if you were in that very small timeline of when they didn't ship a Canary build, then you were permanently stuck on the last dev build and the only way out is to basically format your machine and so good luck and it's just really it's really disingenuous about how they're treating people because like I, I use the dev channel but I don't want to be on the canary because canary they very they make it very clear that these these builds could be bad and they could hose your machine now Microsoft isn't doing daily builds they're not truly the canary ring that Microsoft uses internally but they are pretty darn close they probably run through automated testing and then they go boom right out the door and you just got if you are running canary you better have a usb backup drive and you have any sensitive data on there you better be prepared to restart and refresh because things could get hairy we don't know when but when they're making kernel changes api changes it takes one small slip up and then something gets through and then all of a sudden you need to refresh your box it's just the fact that that you had no escape hatch and you're automatically enrolled into canary no matter what and so the reason why Microsoft did this, which we all know, is that I am a firm believer that the population size of the Insider program is not really growing. Now, I don't know if this Canary announcement is going to make more people jump back in. I can't imagine that it will. When they officially announce Windows 12, I bet that will. But the, the Windows Insider program is generally shrinking. And so if they just announced a new Canary build and don't force people into it, it's not going to have many people. But by taking everybody that's in the dev channel and say, look, you guys are all Canary users now. Good luck. Have fun. Then that means they're going to have population there, at least in some capacity, uh, probably a meaningful capacity. And so they can get that valuable data that they need. And that really just 
further justify it's like why have internal beta testers why have internal testers when we can just force the external testers into this model uh, it just it just that just doesn't feel right and they took a black eye for this and they'll eventually take a probably a bigger one if they ever do screw up everybody's machine with canary builds that people couldn't get out of and so yeah um, the dev channel, by the way, is getting rebooted, but I, I'm guessing there's nobody in the dev channel right now because if everybody in the previous dev got shoved into Canary, that means you had it had to be in the old beta, and then you were in the beta, you're like, you know what, I want newer builds, and then you go into the dev, so then you landed there, and so I'm guessing that population size is very small, which is hilarious because the first thing Microsoft did after announcing this Canary stuff was ship a new dev build to whom? Like, who was getting this build? Nobody. Like, it didn't go to anybody. And then there were people who were confused who were in the old dev. They're like, why am I not getting this? And it's like, well, bro, you're now in Canary. And so what did that build have that was just so cool? Uh, it had recommendations in File Explorer. That is what, yeah, there were other features in there. But Microsoft, as we'd all expect, is bringing the recommendation setting for in Windows 11 native start menu. If you can't get rid of it, unless you use a product like Start 11, the native, <laughs> that recommendation section is coming to file explorer and i don't i'm assuming you can turn it off it looks like you could turn it off but hey we're just one step away from an ad and i it kind of kills me to say like we all know what's gonna happen here yeah it'll start out as recommendation things you can't really control but whatever we'll get get used to that which is even worse one day it'll probably be like see your recommended files log into your office 365 account and if you don't log in you can't see it and you just got that ad i mean microsoft has already put those yellow banner like kind of ads in there talking about their own product recommendation is just one more section where that is going to happen good luck have fun uh maybe use a third party explorer plugin i don't know we'll see we'll see how bad they get with this stuff microsoft clearly once again shows no qualms about trying to really monetize windows and especially windows 11 with the widget stuff and everything else and so there you go that's microsoft's first major incident of uh you know being their own worst enemy the man in the mirror is the one who <laughs> It's the problem that's shooting themselves in the foot. So they need to stop doing that is really what Microsoft needs to do. So uh, on to uh, the gaming news because the game side did not escape Microsoft's follies either. But either way, uh, this week, Sony the Sony documents, about 3 million of them to be specific, came out around the, the, course related, or the court case related to the CMA. And whew, yeah, there's a lot in there. The big one, the big takeaway is Sony is like saying Microsoft, in theory, could create a buggy version of Call of Duty to give it, make it a less better experience on PlayStation. And that's a reason why you shouldn't let Microsoft buy Activision, despite the fact that Microsoft has to somehow recoup $70 billion after buying this company. I don't think they're going to intentionally make the PlayStation version bad, but that is something Sony believes that Microsoft could do in retaliation. And also it came out very explicitly uh, that I believe it was the chief legal counsel or somebody on the chief counsel legal board for Activision came out and said that it was quoted that Sony was saying like, look, we don't want a new Call of Duty deal. We just don't want Microsoft to buy them. And so that's why they're not signing the contract. And here we are uh, at the end of the day. If you want a new controller and you said, I only want it if it's green, well, you're in luck because there's a new Velocity Green wireless controller. And there you go. It's green. Although I, the first thing that chimes into my head when you look at this thing, it looks like a green screen controller. Like it would be great for movies if they needed to overlay something on top of it because it is it is the perfect shade of green for something like that. Now, the bigger news of the week on the gaming side is that Microsoft confirmed an, an Xbox game showcase for June 11th, a.k.a. E3 timeline, and also Starfield Direct coming directly after that. Further, they announced that Bethesda's Starfield will be released on September 6th. 
Now, this is the second major Microsoft-owned goal uh, this week, effectively, because you remember at E3 last year, they did this big thing, the games launching in the next 12 months. And the two... Now, granted, I got Microsoft did launch a lot of the games that they did showcase. Like, you can't ignore that fact. They did launch many of the games. But let's be honest, the two bigger titles that I think the people really wanted, first off, was Starfield. I think that's by far the most important and popular title. was originally supposed to launch 11-11-22, then they said in the first half of 23, and now it has been delayed again until September. And so almost a year delay, not quite a year, but just a, almost, again, a year delay for Starfield. And then Forza, we still don't have a date and it's widely believed at this point that it may not be dropping in the first half of 23, which would be another delay for Forza. And basically means that Microsoft's two premier titles or two of the premier titles shown off that are coming in the next 12 months will in fact not come in the next 12 months. Microsoft really, really needs to start treading more carefully about when they announce dates like this. Even though it was pretty nebulous, it was a year and then it was first half. And then all of a sudden they can't hit those deadlines. It's it's just not a good look for Microsoft. I know that they want to announce dates. I know that fans want a date. I know that I want a date. But unless they are 100% positive, you you should really take it with a grain of salt. Realistically, if they are announcing a date that is anything more than two to three months out, I would take it with a grain of salt. Clearly, a year out, that's just a gamble and a, and a the roll in the dice on that one. But at this point, unless it's like two to three months, I think the September date is probably still potentially up in the air. Granted, Microsoft's going to do everything they can. They know it's like we can't delay it a third time um, or fourth time, I guess, at that point. We have to hit that date. And so hopefully they're pretty confident. But again, we're about six months or, well, we're about three months away. No, sorry, we're six months away. If I could do my math, it's in September, not in June. June is the, the, the event where they're going to talk about it. So we could still be in that window where it's too far out and Microsoft is just saying like, yeah, we think we can be done by then sort of thing. So, yep, that's another Microsoft own goal. They really got to stop doing that. And they really, really need to make sure that when they announce a date, they're going to hit the date. Uh, also, if you want Diablo 4, you can get an early beta invite by buying the KFC Double Down. Yep, that's a headline. And also, more importantly, uh, potentially on what you do, uh, City Skylines 2 is coming out later this year, and it will be on Xbox Game Pass, which is a great thing. City Skylines is the closest thing you'll get to SimCity unless you're willing to go back in time. And uh, then the only other thing on the personal side is I've, I've got to be in the top 1% of people who play Age of Empires 2 on the Xbox console. And so you're, you're among uh, royalty. I'm just kidding. I've played a lot of Age of Empires 2 on the console. And it's it's phenomenal, and I it's really good. I hope that City Skylines is just as good because like Age Two and like a a Sim City style thing, uh, updates and all that stuff. It would be great. It'd be, it'd be that's right up my alley, right up my alley. So, on to the questions of the week, my friend Matta Bear coming in and saying Starfield is coming in early September. Where does that place the new Forza Motorsport? We don't know. We really don't know. It may not be until later in the second half of this year, there's rumors that, or, or speculation, I should say, or hope maybe that Forza is just going to get shadow dropped. I don't know because it's such a big title and the fact that it's been delayed, like high, uh, the Hi-Fi Rush was a great shadow drop because I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't think it was really announced. It was just sort of showed up and that's perfect. The fact that Forza has been announced, it's been talked about, we've seen trailers. I don't think it's going to get shadow dropped. Second question from Matt Bear says, do you think Sony will be able to directly influence the CMA's decision? I think they already have, personally. If the if 
if it is blocked, what could happen if it goes all to court and such influence and everything else? So if they do block it, I think Microsoft just might be like, mm. like they'll try to maybe sue and and push through. But I don't I don't know the, the UK courts nearly as well as, as the US courts, which I don't even know exceptionally well either. I do think that if they do get blocked, Microsoft will just continue to push through, especially if they get the EU, which is expected, and they get the US. I don't I really don't think Microsoft will care too much about the CMA. I think they would just push through uh, and then deal with the ramifications. Jay says, Jay Wolf says, Hey, Brad, happy Friday, happy Friday to you, Jay. It was another busy week with the information of the CMA regarding ABK. Everybody loves talking about it. And it really looks like Sony's fighting both tooth and nail to get the deal blocked. Absolutely agree. They don't even seem to care about a licensing contract. That is true. If the deal gets blocked by the CMA, but it gets approval by the EU and the UA, does Microsoft abandon the whole... No, they do not abandon the whole thing. Or do they stop selling ABK titles in the UK until the matter is resolved? They absolutely, I think, would do that. I think Microsoft would be willing to take that risk. There's another super interesting slightly tangible related thing uh, to all of this and it's WhatsApp. I believe WhatsApp said we're not turning off end-to-end encryption and in the UK they said well you can't be used here like that's something you have to be able to turn off for this country and they're like nope and so that's sort of going to set a little bit of precedence about really what's going to happen here. It's not quite the same the messaging encryption and and selling uh, Call of Duty I, it, it's just something to watch. It's the closest parallel we have to something like that playing out. So it'll be super interesting to watch. I think the CMA might back down personally. Um, if they see that the EU is going to approve and the FTC uh, is going to approve, I think they might, I think they might roll it back a bit. That's my personal opinion. Sydney 2K says, do you see an Xbox Series S toaster or a UNSE toolbox in your home anytime soon? Uh, <laughs> and a Series S toaster would be hilarious. They did a thing with Oreo, like the Oreo, the cookie, where you could get, well, I don't think you could buy. I think it was like a promotional thing where you could get a, a Series S that looked like an Oreo cookie with some plastic, injectable plastic strapped to the side. Yeah, all that. Interestingly enough, and I don't know if Microsoft has anything to do with this, there was actually a sale. I think it's actually oh, I'm going with Verizon where you can get an Xbox Series X at 50 bucks less. That I think is potentially maybe the first like sale. And I don't know if that's Verizon taking a loss on that just to try to move units or if there's something else we're going to start to see with the Series S or Series X pricing, I should say, in the near future. Mr. PKI coming in with two questions. He says, oh God, I know you love the tough security Windows 11 questions. Has Microsoft prepared a patch or update to the recent vulnerabilities found in TPM 2.0 chipset or is there nothing customers should be concerned about? Ooh, well, it's hard to say the customers should not be concerned about because I think it depends on who is the customer. Do I have any concerns about TPM 2.0 and my data being cracked if somebody steals my laptop? No, I do not. If you are a government entity and you are using something and you know that there's a known vulnerability with TPM 2.0, then yes, you absolutely should be concerned. Although there should be workarounds of not keeping data locally and keeping it stored offsite uh, securely. There's a lot of different ways you can potentially work around that. Uh, I don't know if Microsoft is working on it. I was briefly reading on it, Mr. PKI. I bet you know a lot more about it than I do. And so we will have to wait and see. I'd be curious, Mr. PKI, what, Mr. PKI, what your thoughts are on the matter. His second question is, do we have a reliable hand no do we have a reliable list of what xbox games are coming out this fall and holiday season well no uh i mean we know games that are gonna come out right we now know starfield assuming that it hits its deadlines will come out and i i honestly bet forza becomes a holiday game i'm not that's no insider knowledge that's just kind of like hmm, 
Does it make sense to launch Forza in May? I don't know. It might, and I could be completely wrong, but it looks like I wouldn't be surprised if it's the second half, if it gets punted back to that timeline because Microsoft needs strong holiday games to do that sort of thing. And so we'll see what happens with ABK and Call of Duty. You got to remember that... If my, the, the other interesting thing is, is, so there's some information, right? Initially, it was thought that there was going to be no Call of Duty update in the fall, no new game. And then it kind of came and says, yeah, maybe there is going to be one uh, now after all. Let's assume that Microsoft can, in fact, get the Activision deal done before, I don't know, August, I think would probably be about the timeline unless they work something out with the FTC. But let's just say they hit their deadline of June 30th. Would they, by that timeline, be able to have Call of Duty in the Xbox Game Pass for that release? That would be massive for Microsoft, and that would be a big mover. We'll find out. Uh, but I, I think Forza might be slipping until the fall. That's that's me. Uh, and then Will, wrapping it up for the week, says, Hey, Brad, do you know if there is any... Oh, uh, do you know if there's any way to, in Windows 11 to auto-hide the taskbar when you are only on a laptop but have it when you are docked to an external monitor? If not, curious if there's something that could be added to a feature by Stardock. Uh, when I'm on a laptop, having more than one screen space is key, but when I'm on an external monitor, the taskbar could show could show up. So yeah, so what he's talking about here is if you're using Windows 11 and you have the... What, I think it's the code name or the feature name is called Shy Taskbar. When you're in tablet mode, it can hide and then you can swipe up and, and reveal it. It gives you more screen real estate. It's a great feature for tablets. But when he docks, he's like, I don't need that because I'm on a big screen. Uh, it's potentially something that we could add to Stardock Start 11. I'd have, I'd have to talk to the dev team to see if we want to do it. Um, I do not believe that it is natively possible in Windows 11 for various reasons. I do not believe it's it's possible because I don't know if they have uh, the flag set for when it knows that you have an external monitor connected linked up to the shy taskbar. We have some data on some of that stuff. And I don't think that that is currently wired up, which is why I don't think that you could do it. It's a manual on off thing at this time. But man, that would be nice, wouldn't it? It would be a nice feature. So we'll take a look at that. We will take a look at that, my friends. And as always, that wraps it up for the week. That little X split, whatever Windows crashed there. Maybe please don't crash again, Windows, while I'm talking about you. Because uh, it knows we're listening or something weird like that. But as always, my friends, make sure to keep it subscribed here. Because the only BS on this podcast is me.